Hello, and welcome to a Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Switch Prediction Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. I know that I mentioned this last time, but I have to say, this time, I have to assume on purpose, Daniel really played up the hands-on-hip sassy Peter Pan introduction thing just for me. Actually, no, I didn't realize I was doing it until you made eye contact with me. That's even better! He like, oh my god. I, I that just... was like that was like a half of a cheer routine. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I could somehow like just beam into your brain. Anyway. <laughs> I'm Sean. Uh, Hello everybody. Uh... <laughs> Welcome to Smashing Theory. Boy, have we got a show for you today. Oh yes. So here on the Smashing Theory, we make predictions about the next Smash Bros. game. We go franchise by franchise. Uh, but the last couple episodes, we've been doing something a little different and going company by company, because this is part three of our three-part third-party coverage. <laughs> wow, that's a, that is a mind-bending sentence that you just said. <laughs> part three of our three-part third-party coverage is three, 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 three. <laughs> that was less mind-bending, <laughs> but, you know, I'll I'll take it. Uh, there aren't really any corrections like I like to do from previous episodes. Sure. If I miss something, be sure to let me know. And there isn't really any Smash-specific news this week, although the new Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, did get announced. Let's go. <laughs> Along with some other stuff, some other Pokemon stuff, like a like a free-to-play Switch game and uh, and the fact that we're getting Gen 8, like, next year, basically. That free-to-play Switch slash later mobile game that kind of came right out of thin air for me oh yeah that was a yeah that was a shadow drop yeah Yeah. they they announced it and then 10 minutes later they were like get it on your switch right now (laughs) right like no no later no leak no nothing yeah yeah hey here's a voxel pokemon game yeah pokemon quest yes yeah played some of it it's 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 fine it's a free-to-play game do you think that we're going to get, like, weird boxy Pikachu as an alternate skin for Pikachu? That'd be amazing, but no. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> I could see a Pokemon Quest model being just, like, a regular trophy. That'd be cool. The little robot that uh, guides you through Pokemon Quest. Oh, yeah. Okay. But other than that, probably nothing. Fair. Uh, I'd, I'd say this is probably a recent enough development that I wouldn't expect any Pokemon Quest stuff at all. But maybe. Maybe a little regular trophy. Sure, sure. But we'll talk more about all the Pokemon stuff when we do our Pokemon episode, which should be in the near future, now that I think we we know everything we're going to know about Pokemon before Smash. Sweet. Or most, most things. Right. Most things. So now, now Third Parties Part 3 can begin in earnest. And uh, for those of you who might be in the dark on this, this third party's episode is the third party's episode where we talk about whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm looking at this outline here and Daniel really went ham. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in like, here. yeah. Uh, in third party's part one, we talked about uh, franchises, both veteran and potential newcomer mm-hmm. from companies that have already contributed to smash bros so in part one we did sega and konami and we talked about sonic and bayonetta and snake right we also talked about the possibility of stuff like uh kazuma kiryu and uh <laughs> and bomberman and joker from persona 5 right yes 
part two, we talked about Capcom, Bano Namkai, and Square Enix. So we talked about Mega Man. We talked about Ryu. We talked about Pac-Man. We talked about Cloud. Right. But we also talked about Monster Hunter and Phoenix Wright mm-hmm. and Tekken and Kingdom Hearts. Right. So if you haven't caught those parts yet and you want to know what we predicted from those companies, be sure to go and check those out. Or I guess you can wait until the end of this episode when I recap all of my predictions. That's a little less fun, though. Right? Even though Daniel <laughs> is getting this kind of pokey rap cadence going on. <laughs> it's worming his way slowly into his heart. Uh, but in this episode, we are going to talk about franchises from companies that have not contributed a playable character to Smash Bros. yet. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, our usual format for episodes is that like we, we go franchise by franchise, uh, and we talk about how that franchise has been represented in Smash in the past, and how it could be represented in the future. And we go like by characters, then by stages, then by items, and then by soundtracks. Like every like each of those things we've seen before and what we'll see in the future. Um, this format's going to be a little different. Right. Uh, because for the most part, these guys don't have any Smash history. So we'll be going company by company and talking about potential franchises. But each time we talk about a franchise, we'll just... We'll talk about the character, uh, potential character mainly, mm-hmm. but then we'll just like lump all of our ideas for stages and items and musics and stuff into like a short, a short little hash out, hash it, <laughs> hash it up. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, all right, so where should we begin? So, largely, uh, we're going to go in alphabetical order for our <laughs> franchises. I was just, I, I like, I said, where should we begin? And then I looked down the outline, and then I said to myself, did this motherfucker put this in alphabetical order? <laughs> and then you confirmed that, yes, you did. Yeah, uh, largely in alphabetical order with an exception or two okay. that I'll explain. First up is Activision Blizzard. Woo! <laughs> yeah. So, Sean, you have a a lot of love and a lot of history with the second half of this company. <laughs> right. Yes, I'm I'm a big fan of Blizzard. I have less of a connection with Activision, which is kind of funny because we're mostly I take it going to be talking about the Activision side of things. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a Blizzard fan. You know, uh, they've made a lot of games that are really near and dear to my heart, especially their older stuff like StarCraft and Diablo and yeah. things like that. Uh so I'm excited to talk about these guys and what what they may or may not be bringing to the table. And I'd really like to stress that may or may not thing because this is literally just us like making stuff up. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is definitely going to be like some. I think some of my boldest predictions are going to be in this episode. Ooh, you 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 thought Sora was bold? Wait till you hear the shit I've got to say this time. It's like that's like uh, is it Taco Bell where they have some like bold flavor? I don't know. Probably lots of people do that. Yeah, there's bold flavor everywhere, man. Especially in this podcast <laughs> right now. Love your flavor. Ooh. Um. <laughs> so, uh, I do want to give a quick nod to a Blizzard franchise first, and that's Overwatch. Okay. Because I think Overwatch is a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, and there's a lot of potential characters you could have. I think Soldier 76 would be a contender. Mm-hmm. If Overwatch got a character, I think Tracer should be in. I think I think she could have a really unique Smash moveset. That's true. And I also think she's just kind of the mascot 
of the franchise. They might have intended for that to be oh, Soldier 76 initially, but right. like Tracer's kind of the runaway. Oh yeah, she's absolutely the de facto face yeah. of Overwatch. And I yeah, I think she'd have a lot of great personality. It'd be cool to have a, another female third party character in the game. True. Yeah, that that'd just be really cool. I don't think Overwatch as a franchise is likely because a it's never shown up on a Nintendo console, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, like Blizzard in general doesn't have much Nintendo history, right? Unless you want to go all the way back to like Lost Vikings on the Super Nintendo, or yeah. Starcraft Ghost, which never even came out. Oh right, yeah. yeah. I think that was supposed to be a GameCube game, wasn't it? Uh, GameCube and PS2 and stuff, okay, yeah, right. and Xbox, yeah. But yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. They um, la- they later just kind of rolled that character and her whole story into StarCraft 2. It was like, okay, fine, oh, you well, can just have this. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, which, good which for her. Which is kind of neat, but uh, doesn't help their case with Nintendo at all. <laughs> yeah. Good for her, though. Good for good for Ghosty. Yeah, Nova. Ah, uh, yes. Nova Ghosty. I, <laughs> full name. <laughs> yes. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Confirmed after years of secrecy from Activision Blizzard. Overwatch has a lot of cool stage and item and music potential. It has a it has a strangely good soundtrack. Like the Overwatch yeah. theme's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You could have like Winston's like space house <laughs> as true. a stage. Yeah. You just have the moon. <laughs> <laughs> or or like King's Row. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It'd yeah. be, be kind of interesting to see like a real a real life location as a smash stage. That is true. But I'd be down. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. Plus, I think it has a stylized enough aesthetic that it would kind of fit in with the rest of Smash. I don't think that it would stick out any more than like Bayonetta sticks out standing next to Mario. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yes, uh, Overwatch is very unlikely to be in Smash, so yeah. we're really just talking about a franchise that we love. So let's move on to a couple of more likely contenders that I love less. Yeah, yeah, less <laughs> less attachment to these, but. Uh, over on the Activision side, I th- I feel like I should preface this. There's a popular 4chan rumor that's been flying around mm-hmm. for a little while. Its credence is that it guessed the day that they would reveal Nintendo's online plans correctly. Huh. Okay. However, it got a lot of other shit wrong. Hmm. Like basically, it got all the it got nearly all of the details about Nintendo Online just incorrect. They're like, yeah, it'll launch with NES and Super Nintendo games. Oh, I see. It's called this, you know, like. Um, so it's, I take it kind of likely that they just guessed the date correctly by pure happenstance and don't have any real information. Yeah. However, they made some Smash predictions. They okay. made some Smash leaks quote unquote sure and they claimed that ice climbers would be revealed either either during the treehouse event or the tournament okay which you know it's very convenient that they cover both those bases they mentioned that the e3 direct would have a captain toad trailer okay and then finish with a trailer for crash bandicoot Oh. And then, <laughs> after the Crash Bandicoot part ends, and we think that's the whole reveal, uh, they reveal that Spyro is also in the game. Hmm. <laughs> you know, the fact that they want to put both Crash and Spyro in there makes me a little suspicious. Yeah. I think if it was one or the other, I'd be more okay with that rumor. 
but somehow the combination bothers me a little bit. Yeah, the leaker even, like, you know, sort of, like, commented on it. It was like, Activision must have paid Nintendo a lot of money because <laughs> they're both in there for some reason. Okay. And then, uh, and then they kind of doubled down on their claim. Like, later in the 4chan thread, they showed screen caps from the guy that apparently gave them the leaks. It's like, hey, Nintendo just called me. They said you got a lot of stuff wrong, but they were concerned... You got the Crash and Spyro thing right. <laughs> so anyway, so so a lot of people are are still kind of clinging to that that uh, rumor that that okay. leak. Um, I think that for the people who are clinging to that rumor, it is worth remembering the disclaimer that appears on 4chan before you can access any of the boards, which says. Only a fool would take anything posted here as fact. <laughs> if the administrators of the website don't trust their own community, you probably shouldn't trust them either. <laughs> you know, it's funny, actually. Uh, we just mentioned Pokemon Let's Go. Mm -hmm. That leaked on 4chan <laughs> on, on April Fool's Day. That's funny. Yeah, the leaker posted that on April Fool's Day. No one even, like, <laughs> talked about it until a couple weeks later when another, like, related wow. leak happened. Yeah. Okay. I think that something like that happening would be shocking, mm -hmm. and therefore I, I think it's worth thinking about. However, I don't think it's true. I'm not going to predict either of them, although I would say Crash is a little more likely than Spyro, and mm -hmm. I think I think there are things about them that are likely. Sure. I, I think, you know, I think they definitely are like, they have a shot if they were in the game, I wouldn't be like, this was impossible, and now it's happened. Right, right, yes. Uh, because I... I like your delivery there, though. <laughs> if, if you ever discover something in your life that was impossible, but then has happened, you gotta say it like that. Okay, I, I will. I, I feel like it. I accidentally like channeled John Mulaney a little bit there. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I'm John Mulaney, and this has happened. Oh, I, I had a really good Mulaney impression for like a day, and then I lost it. <laughs> I'm, I'm John Mulaney. <clears throat> no. I'm John Mulaney. Anyway, uh, uh, I I think one thing that Nintendo likes to do is they like to take characters and franchises that Nintendo used to directly compete against. You know, that's always mm. really fun and cool mm -hmm. to see, right? Nintendo Pac-Man used to be rivals, you right. know, like... Uh, and then, of course, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Exactly, you know, like that Mario versus... Yeah, Mario vs. Sonic, that was that was huge, you know, that was yeah. a big deal. And it's it's really they really like doing that thing where they've extended this olive branch now. Like it's like, yeah, now we're all fighting together. <laughs> now now we're all collaborating. And and I think a lot of people are like, yeah, they would absolutely do this thing where they take these characters that used to be the face of of PlayStation. These Sony characters, Crash and Spyro, and now they're on Smash. Right. And the thing that makes me sort of think that that's not really going to happen mm -hmm. is that the thing with Sonic, the thing with Pac-Man, is that Sonic was the face of Sega. Pac-Man right. was the face of Namco. Nintendo collaborated directly with Sega and with Namco. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, this... This is, you know, this is an unprecedented partnership. This is, you know, this is us shaking hands and letting this happen together. Right. Crash and Spyro being in the game would be more like Nintendo going, fuck you, Sony. 
right? It's like, right. oh, yeah, these used to be on your platform, but you don't own the rights to these characters. So we're totally allowed to put them on our fighting game, and, uh-huh. and now they're more popular in our system than yours. Yeah, Sony, you suck. Uh, it, it feels... It feels like something that is not really Nintendo's MO these days. Like, especially Nintendo of Japan. If Reggie Fizume was the person making the third-party character decisions, I could see him doing that. <laughs> I, I could see him being like, Let's show Sony who loves Crash Bandicoot. Nintendo loves Crash Bandicoot. Anyway. <laughs> Reggie Fizume. Uh... Yeah, so so for those reasons and and more, I don't think they crash and Spyro in the game. It would be a surprise and kind of neat. I would like I would like Spyro more than Crash. Mm-hmm. I think Crash is more likely than Spyro. I'm not protecting either of them. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, like it's so funny to me that like Crash and Spyro are these kind of iconic, you know, formerly Sony characters. Yeah. Because like when I think of Nintendo, I think of Mario. When I think of Sega, mm. I think of Sonic. When I think of Sony, I don't really think of any character in particular, right. including Crash and or Spyro. And I think because I never owned a PlayStation growing up, you know, right. I had a PlayStation 2 first. And at that time, I was into really serious stuff like Metal Gear. I didn't have time for Crash, you know. Yeah. They just occupy this weird headspace for me where whenever I think about Crash Bandicoot or Spyro the Dragon... I think of, like, the pain I would get in my neck from craning my head up to look at the demo at Target, you know? <laughs> like, that's what I think of when I think of Crash and Spyro as being really bored at Target because my mom has been shopping for two hours and all I have is this demo of Crash Bandicoot or Spyro. <laughs> um, so you'll have to forgive me if I'm not super jazzed if they if they do show up in Smash. Right. Uh, it's entirely for personal reasons. Yeah, like... You know, I th- I think their representation could be cool. Like Crash could have that dumb jungle he's always in as a stage. Yeah, that's re- that's really cool. The dumb jungle. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're really selling me. Yeah, and and Spyro has this really cool like fantasy setting that he's in. That's and true. He could, you, you know, you could do like a big old castle with like dragons flying around it. That I, could be fun. I also think that the moveset potential for Spyro is is up there. You know, yeah. For Crash, it's like what we do, we like spin. You know, and, yeah. eat, and eat oranges or whatever. Yeah. So throw crates. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or smash crates. Like he pulls out a crate and he like breaks it. But Spyro is more of like, I feel like almost more of a Banjo-Kazooie situation where he has all these different moves and things yeah. that he does, you know, so there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. I definitely like Spyro more than Crash, but I feel like Crash is a bit more, a bit more likely, weirdly enough. No, I, I, I get you. Yeah. But yeah, I think that wraps up. All the Activision Blizzard stuff. Not predicting any Activision Blizzard character. Okay. So let's talk about Disney. All right. Now, let's do. Now, um, last episode, we talked about Kingdom Hearts, which is a collaboration of Square Enix and Disney. Right. And actually, I've read some contention mm-hmm. recently about whether or not Disney owns Sora hmm. or Square Enix does. There's actually this big analysis like online on this YouTube video that uh Sora must actually belong to Disney. Huh. But I don't think Disney or Square Enix has officially said okay. one way or the other who he actually belongs to. Either way, I'm sorry. I'm just picturing like the YouTube channel that would make a video like that 
I'm sure that it's a fine video. I know nothing about this person, but I'm just imagining like, what's up, guys? Disney lawyer here. I want to talk to you about the legal situation of Sora. Now, does he own by Disney or does he own by Square? I don't know, but I made this 20-minute video <laughs> where I'm going to talk all about it. Now, if we look back at Roe v. Wade, I think we'll see that there's precedent in the Supreme Court. Anyway, um... <laughs> Keep, keep making videos, guy. Yeah, anyway, I we ended up talking about Sora and his potential inclusion in the last episode, and right. I concluded that he's going to be in Smash 5. Right. I, I officially predicted him, and it, I'm sticking to that prediction. Just wanted to get that out of the way in case this was your first episode for some reason. I see. And if it is... Go back a little bit. Go back, go back a little bit. You know? Go back to at least the first third party episode. Yeah, you don't. If you, go... don't, if you don't want to go back to like the beginning, we're like, oh, we have podcast Splatoon. You know, like before we kind of figured it out. If you don't want to go back that far, that's fine. Yeah, but go back to the first party, first third party episode. Yeah, and then come back here. Yeah, or you know, finish this episode if you want, and then go back. Yeah, Tell what your heart tells you, man. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm I'm not gonna be your your dad. Kingdom Hearts is light. So, oh. do, so do what your Kingdom Hearts tells you. But I do want to talk about another Disney thing. Ooh, what's so that? So, actually, last episode, I mentioned uh, there is precedent, whether or not Disney owns Sora, for Square to use Sora in non-Disney things. Uh, he was a guest character in World of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And one thing we mentioned was, well, so even if they're allowed to use Sora what would his Kingdom Hearts representation be like in Smash? Like, is are there going to be references to Donald and Goofy, or is like right. that just going to be silent on that? You know, like, how much permission could they get from Disney to use Disney stuff from Kingdom Hearts? Right. You know, like, is that a possibility? And I, I think, I think sort of the knee-jerk answer to that is, oh, yeah, probably not. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that seems like a mess. Uh, why would Square Enix even bother? The thing is, Disney has a working relationship with Square Enix, obviously, but they also have a working relationship with Nintendo. Sure. and For a long time, they have. Yeah, and I actually kind of sort of see the scenario in my head where either Square Enix or Nintendo goes to Disney and goes like, hey, we'd like to put Sora as a guest character in the next Smash Bros. game. Is that okay? Can we use Sora and can we use some Disney stuff? Right. And... You know, actually, I don't think Disney would say no to this, right? They're like, oh, Smash Bros. is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is a great family-friendly company. Right. So I don't think they'd say no to that. In fact, what I think they could say uh... is, yes, you can put Sora in Smash Bros. We'll even give you the Kingdom Hearts versions of Donald and Goofy for his final Smash or for <laughs> trophies or whatever. Uh-huh. But there's one condition, and that is... Put Wreck It Ralph in the game. Ooh, he's gonna wreck it. <laughs> so, I think that Wreck It Ralph would be actually great. Oh for, yeah, for Smash. Yeah, I'm totally um, down. Yeah. So here's here's a quick immediate counterpoint to Wreck It Ralph. Sakurai has said a couple things about what makes a character eligible to be a third party character mm-hmm. in Smash Bros. And he said two main things. The first is that they've had to have appeared on a Nintendo platform before. Mm-hmm. Wreck Ralph has, for the record. Sure. He's, his adaptation was on the Wii, I think, or okay. maybe even the Wii U. 
and he even showed up in like Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. Right. Um, although that might have actually just been the Xbox 360 version. Okay. Yeah. Um, either way, he has he has shown up on Nintendo platforms before. The second is that that character has to have originated in a video game. They they can't have right. had they can't have had their start as an anime or as a movie. They had to have been a video game first. Now, I have a couple things to say about that. Sure. The first is that Sakurai does this thing. He does this thing where he sets rules, you know, for features that he implements or how he goes about putting things into the game. Mm -hmm. And then within a couple of games, he breaks that rule. (laughs) Right, right. Like, you know, for Brawl, he said, yeah, Animal Crossing isn't getting a fighter in Smash Mm -hmm. because the villager is a pacifist and he doesn't fit in a fighting setting. Right. And then immediately following. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In the next game, villager was a playable character and you know, he's, he's done actually like a a lot of little things like that. He Sakurai is open to having his mind changed. Sure. A lot, especially when there's a cool and good reason for it. Mm -hmm. Second of all, just imagine the dojo update, right? <laughs> just imagine, just imagine like the website is like Ralph wrecks his way into Smash, mm-hmm. and just imagine like the fucking the fucking like Sakurai blurb where it's like, "What's that you say? Wreck it, Ralph didn't get his start in a video game. Have you never played Fix It Felix Junior? <laughs> That's where he got his start. That's cute. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think like." When you said, like, I want to address a couple of things about that, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, well, you know, even though Sakurai has said that any character that merits inclusion in Smash has to have started off in a video game, like, Fix-It Felix Jr. is so clearly inspired by Donkey Kong right, that yes. I feel as though it would be easy for him to bend that rule. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Wreck-It Ralph was a movie before it was a video game, but it was a movie about video games and not only that, it was clearly inspired by and an homage to various video games. Right. Most of them Nintendo ones. Right. And on top of that, Disney, in regards to Wreck-It Ralph, do have a working relationship with Nintendo. Bowser cameoed in Wreck-It Ralph 1. Right. And after Wreck-It Ralph 1 came out, in an interview, the director was like, yeah, if you notice, we didn't have Mario and Luigi in Wreck-It Ralph 1, and that's because I want to save those characters for if I have a really good idea for them. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a really good idea for how to put Mario and Luigi into the sequel. <laughs> so, if that pans out, if Mario and Luigi show up in Wreck-It Ralph 2, I could see a handshake forming. I sure. could see Nintendo and Disney going like, okay, yeah, you can put Mario and Luigi in Wreck-It Ralph, and we will put Wreck-It Ralph in Smash Bros. I, <laughs> the f- <laughs> I just immediately thought, like, the, when you started kind of talking about the idea of Mario and Luigi being in Wreck-It Ralph, <laughs> I just immediately imagined, like, we, like, we go to see Wreck-It Ralph, we're in the theater, we're really excited, it's really good. And then there's just this part where Wreck-It Ralph runs into Mario and Luigi and, like, accepts an envelope with the Smash logo and just fucking in the movie, just dead-ass goes, like, oh, I guess they want me to be in Super Smash Bros. 5 coming out for the Nintendo Switch in 2018. 
wow. And then he just moves on. <laughs> the Smash trailer is just a chunk of the movie. Right, yeah. I'm going to wreck it in Smash. What is that? Is not a John C. Riley impression. No, it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's the best that I can do right now in my current state. What's funny is if you listen to any Wreck It Ralph deleted scenes, that's what Wreck It Ralph like initially was going to sound like. <laughs> he was initially much more like cartoonishly like okay. a doofus and like mean and stuff, and then he just sounds like John C. Riley. Right. <laughs> so. I am predicting Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) Okay. I just think there's actually a lot of domino pieces just falling perfectly into place for this to happen. Ralph wrecks the internet. Mm -hmm. Wreck-It Ralph 2 is coming out later this year. Mm -hmm. Disney's talking with Nintendo about stuff. Square Enix is talking with Disney and Nintendo about stuff. And just this would be a perfect opportunity to advertise the new Wreck-It Ralph movie, you know, put him in one of the best video game franchises of all time. Sure. You know? No, I, you know, I will brook no disagreement with you uh, regarding this pick for sure. I think that, uh, I think you've laid out a compelling case for it. I'd love to see Ralph in the game. And I think that if he's ever going to be in a Smash game, it's got to be like this game right now. Oh yeah, it's this one. If he's not in Smash 5, he will not be in Smash 6. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that the pixelated stars have aligned. And yeah, like, I think he'd be shocking, you know? I think he would catch people off guard because he breaks a rule. But he breaks a rule for a good reason, so I think he's in. I mean, he wrecks things, like (laughs) rules. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I also think that there could be a lot of cool Wreck-It Ralph representation in Smash. You could have Fix-It Felix Jr. Mm -hmm. as a assist trophy. That'd be great. You could have a Wreck-It Ralph stage that's just 8-bit fucking Wreck-It Ralph. Exactly. Yep, yeah. that is that is the one, yeah. Actually, if, if Felix isn't the assist trophy, Vanellope Von Schweetz could be. They'd yeah. both be great assist trophies. Either of them, yeah. Would be really nice. Yeah. Predicting Wreck-It Ralph. I, I could see a situation where uh, Sora's in the base game and Ralph's DLC. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um... I think that I think that's a really solid prediction. I I agree. Nice. Yeah. Cool. I, I yeah. I thought I'd actually get some pushback on that because I'm sure that the internet will give me some pushback on this. Well, we'll stand back to back and wreck that criticism together <laughs> in, in the following episode when we when we check out listener mail. There is one doc against Wrecker Ralph actually. Okay. And that is that. We found out recently that he has sort of a big cameo in Kingdom Hearts 3. Right. So, like, that's already a nice little Wreck-It Ralph advertisement. I see. Does Disney want to, like, double down on putting Wreck-It Ralph in a real video game? I don't know. Maybe maybe Smash is overdoing it. Maybe, although I do think that the fact that it's a movie about video games makes it more likely that Nintendo would do that with Ralph than they would with a character from another movie. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? But yeah, I, I still am predicting Ralph. I got a really good feeling about him. I think realistically he has like a 40% chance of showing up. All right. But Duck Hunt Dog realistically had a 5% chance of showing up in Smash Bros. 4. So and, and then there he was. Yeah. So percentages aren't everything. Right. I'm um, I'm calling it. Okay. All right. Moving on alphabetically. Uh huh. 
Koei Tecmo. So, I don't really have any specific predictions for Koei Tecmo. It's just that they collaborate with Nintendo a lot. Mm -hmm. Koei Tecmo does Ninja Gaiden. They do Dead or Alive. They do the Dynasty Warriors games. And... Um, all of those would be weird in Smash. <laughs> yeah. All of those would be weird in it, Smash. Introducing new Smash character, sexy lady from Dead or Alive, <laughs> joins like, the battle. I like how you can't even name one off the top of your head. Hifumi? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you might be right, but I think you're thinking of Hitomi. Oh, probably. Yeah, anyway. Uh... I think like, I think you might have technically gotten the character's name. I'm not sure. Those characters are not designed to be like super distinct from one another. No. They're designed to have jiggle physics and for adolescent people of the male persuasion to buy their games. Yeah. That's kind of what's going on with Dead or Alive. So yeah, I Koei Tecmo would be interesting contributing. Maybe there'll be a Ryu Hubasa like just trophy. Right. In, in the, in the game. <laughs> he, he shows up in game and just slits Mario's fucking throat. <laughs> oh, wow. Ryu Hayabusa murders the competition. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think that's all I want to say about Koei Tecmo. You got any? No, I'm good. Let's all keep right. going. Yeah, let's, let's move on to someone that... That has a bit more of a Nintendo-friendly image, I think, and that's Level 5. Hmm. Level 5 is a Japanese company that make a lot of really cool niche games. I say niche, but they're huge in Japan right. and not nearly as huge here. United States niche. Yeah. So here's a character that I thought... I didn't predict for Smash 4, but I thought had a, a decent chance for Smash 4. Okay. Professor Layden. <laughs> yeah, you know, Professor Layden was a very Nintendo franchise for a very long time, and I think he was pretty iconic for a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he, he was the face of many memes, even. Sure. So, Herschel Layton from Professor Layden could be cool, and if our Phoenix Wright prediction pans out, that would be a great showdown. Ah, true. The true Professor Layden versus Phoenix Wright. They collaborated, now they're gonna compete. But, first of all... I don't think they'd actually both be in Smash. Right. <laughs> right One or no. the other, but not both. Yeah, that's fair. And second of all, I think Professor Layden is less relevant mm -hmm. now. I don't think that he would be in Smash 5. In fact, right now they're currently focusing on his daughter in in a spin-off franchise. Huh. His daughter, Catrielle Layton. Oh. And she's got like a dog, and mm -hmm. she solves mysteries. And she's cool. I like her design, actually. But I don't think she's made so big of a splash that she would be in Smash. Okay. Oh, that rhymed. It did. Unintentionally. Um, here's a question that I have as someone with a very limited exposure to the Professor Layton franchise. Does Professor Layton's adorable assistant boy feature in his daughter's games as like a time-skipped ingenue? Luke? Yeah, that guy. That'd be awesome, but I don't know. Okay. I, I haven't played the spinoff game. They already had a older version of Luke in a Professor Layden game involving time travel. Okay. okay. Which was really cool, and I wish I'd played that entire game, because that's, that's the most interest that I've been in Professor Layden, actually. That time travel game where older Luke is almost an antagonist. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's the first time I've been interested in Professor Layton, probably. Yeah. It's the third game in a trilogy, which is why I didn't get to it. 
if Professor Layden does show up in Smash, I really want his trailer to involve him saying, I'll solve this puzzle in one move, and then just decking Captain Falcon in the face. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Whatever else happens, I want that to happen. Yeah, man, I'm down. All right, good. Um, I'm glad you agree. Yeah, the Curious Village are actually like several settings in Professor Layden would be cool stages. That's they true. Could, they could have that neat sort of storybook look uh-huh. to them, yeah. Okay. And Professor Layden actually has an incredible soundtrack, and it'd be cool to hear that hmm. in Smash. All right, cool. However, there is a franchise I think is far more likely Ooh. to show up, and that's Yokai Watch. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. The Pokemon of level five. I, I was so intrigued, and then it was, and then it was Yokai Watch, <laughs> <laughs> which I am not super invested in as a franchise. Yeah, I got the first Yokai Watch game, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's a cute little game. I'm definitely not its target demographic, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Sure. Not every game for children needs to be about a 31-year-old man liking it. That is that is certainly true. <laughs> yeah, I think it's actually a really cute series, and I think the designs are really charming. So, out of the franchises I'm not predicting to be in the game officially, I think it's one of the most likely. Hmm, alright. I, I think there's a not small chance that a Yokai Watch character will be announced for Smash, and I will kick myself for not predicting them. <laughs> But I, I am not predicting Yokai Watch, but here's a couple of characters that I think could have a real shot. Okay. The first is just the protagonist from Yokai Watch. Does he have a canon name? So you can choose between being a boy or a girl. Oh, I see. And Yokai Watch. Mm-hmm. The boy, his dub name is Nathan Adams. Okay. The girl's dub name is Katie Forrester. Uh, and they live in California and they love burgers. <laughs> it's hilarious. This game comes out called Yokai Watch that is explicitly about Japanese demons. And they're like, yeah, this one's called Hungramps. And he loves eating. <laughs> Nathan Adams. The, the What they chose to localize for that game and what they chose to not localize is very interesting. It's pretty. Yeah, it is that it is interesting for sure. So, yeah, my first pick would be Nathan Adams slash Katie Forrester. Uh, They'd be, like, swaps for each other. With, like, the costume or, like, color changes, right? Yeah, Yeah, and basically, like, their moveset would just be them, like, spinning their watch around and, like, calling out various ghosts. Sure. Some of their normals would just be ghosts, and some of their specials would be specific yokais just doing their thing. Sure. I think that'd be a really cool moveset, actually. Sort of a summoner character. I think so, too. There's a lot of potential there. Another yokai watch character, I think... If I were to predict a Yokai Watch character, it'd be this one. Mm-hmm. And that is their mascot, Jibanyan. <laughs> Hi, Nathan. I'm your fun loving sidekick, Jibanyan. And I'm here to assist you with capturing ghosts. <laughs> wow, let's go have a steak and potatoes and watch an eagle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please tell me more about Jibanyan, the definitely American demon. <laughs> so, Jibanyan is a red cat with two tails, both with, like, blue little flames on him. Okay. And, yeah, like, a little, like, blue orb around his neck. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, (laughs) he is the ghost of a cat that got hit by a car. Holy shit. Saving his owner. Oh, my God. And he thinks that his owner hates him. Like, that's his 
arc. That's the most Japanese thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, have you heard that story about like the dog that would go with his master to the train station every day? And then when his master didn't come back one day, he kept doing it and they made a statue to honor his like perseverance and resilience. Oh my God. Cause that's a real thing that happened in Japan. Wow. And so is this story about a cat who died trying to save his master. I can't believe that episode about Fry's dog and <laughs> Futurama. Futurama happened in real life in Japan. Yep. Uh, Jibanyan in in his ghost form, like does a lot of like rapid punches and is very like okay, uh, very energetic and and cute and spunky. There's actually a lot of different versions of Jibanyan. He's the Pikachu, right? Right. Like so, there's there's a bunch of different yokais that resemble Jibanyan, but sure. are their own completely different characters that show up in sequels and stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, Jibanyan's a big deal. You kind of see him on the box of every yokai watch game, and this would be a great, cute mascot character to mm-hmm. show up as a third-party character. Sure. Huge deal in Japan. We know who he is in America. Right. And, you know, Nintendo, on top of that, is the U.S. publisher of the Yokai Watch games. Well, there you go. So, advertising Yokai Watch would not be a bad idea for them. So, I don't know exactly what's holding me back from predicting Jibanyan. Probably because he is a big deal in Japan, but he's so not in America. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, yeah, there's games with him in America, but... It feels like Yokai Watch did not really take off at all over here. Maybe that's because I don't know any seven-year-olds. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's... that. Well, you know, I do know many seven-year-olds, or I did, because I worked in education yeah. during the time Yokai Watch was released. And at the very least, on the west side of Chicago, nobody cared about Yokai Watch. Okay. Uh, I can give you that report. People right. did still care about Pokemon at that age. Right. They did not care about Yokai Watch. Okay. Probably pretty anecdotal, but still useful. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. small sample size. Not at all scientific, but yeah. there you go. Okay. So, I don't know. On the other hand, I will be making predictions here that are very, very Western picks. Sure. And Nintendo likes to have characters that are popular in distinct regions, you know? Mm-hmm. they Sometimes they'll put characters that have only been in Japan. So I don't think it'd be too far-fetched to have Jibanyan in there. Okay. Something just tells me maybe not. I'm definitely getting a similar vibe and having similar difficulties with explaining exactly why I have that vibe. Yeah. However, like I said, if Jibanyan or even one of the protagonists of Yokai Watch is in Smash 5... I will be like, I fucking knew it. Why didn't I predict this character? <laughs> I have a couple of characters where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen at all. I guess I'm predicting them, though. I've had a couple of those. This is the opposite of that. That's like right on the other side of the fence. Okay. Well, I guess one way or another, we'll see what happens. Yeah, basically, it's because in my predictions, I've run out of room. You know, I can only predict so many third-party characters. Sure. And Jibanyan, just if I predicted Jibanyan, when we get to the end of this episode, it'll feel like I predicted too many third-party characters. I can see what you mean there. So yeah, so yeah. Sorry, Jibanyan. Sorry, Yokai Watch. No. I still think you're probably realistically more likely than Wreck-It Ralph, but here we are. Here we are. All right. <laughs> Speaking of Western franchises, up next in our alphabetical company list. Microsoft. Ah. Now, 
one thing that's really cool, Microsoft is one of the big three sure. game companies right now. One of the one of the three companies that are putting their own console out there. They're more or less directly competing with Nintendo, but they also have a business relationship with them mm-hmm. on multiple levels. So first off, Minecraft. <laughs> Microsoft and Nintendo have made a deal so that Minecraft on the Switch has cross-play with Minecraft on the Xbox One and Minecraft on PC. Right. Sony opted out of this. You cannot do cross-play with Minecraft on PS4. That does sound like Sony. But Microsoft and Nintendo keep, like, agreeing. It's like, okay, yeah, Rocket League can have cross-play on Xbox One and Mm -hmm. Switch. Let's do that. Yeah, sure, why not? And, like, a Nintendo person had to talk to a Microsoft person for this to happen, for for that to be agreed on. So there's that, and I'll talk real quick. About Minecraft, you know, huge franchise. Oh, yeah. And they even have, like, sort of a mascot character, Steve, (laughs) (laughs) who is sort of this mess of blocks, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this this blocky man with a beard, blue shirt. Never been a very compelling character for me personally. Yeah. I've sunk a lot of hours into Minecraft, uh, and the first thing that I always do when I boot up Minecraft is uh, you can change the way your avatar looks, and I change it to look not like Steve. Yeah. Minecraft's a big deal all over the world. Right. You know, sometimes I look at the Japanese eShop, and Minecraft is generally in the top 20 over there. Sure. Even Japan plays a good deal of Minecraft. And I think Steve, as bland as he is himself... Mm -hmm. I think Steve has a lot of cool moveset potential, actually. Like That's true. Like building stuff on the stage and then attacking you with it or, or uh, you know, wielding one of his several tools or getting that blocky dog out there. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of cool stuff you could mm-hmm. do with a Minecraft character. Having a Minecraft stage would also be awesome. Yeah. Like have it be like destructible and... Oh, that'd be really neat. Yeah. I do think there's a shot. I think there's a chance this could happen. Okay. Um, not predicting Steve from Minecraft, although I, I do think that would be a, a really a really surprising pick. It's just it's just Smash does a really good job of taking all these characters from all these vastly different franchises, all these vastly vastly different art styles. Mm-hmm. They come together for Smash. And Smash comes up with a with an art style that makes them all fit together and make them all look like they belong in the same universe. That's true. I feel like that might actually be impossible to do for Steve. He is going to clash with whatever style you come up with for, for Smash, you know? He, he just, like, inherently has sort of that weird JPEG look. Mm-hmm. And, and either you change that for smash and then he just looks weird right, right? like it like you kind of get like uncanny valley steve maybe right like like you either have blocky steve or you have like a man in a t-shirt right know? like yeah <laughs> it's kind of tough to like change that design while also yeah. keeping it iconic and minecrafty right and i, I think you could still make him blocky you know, Game & Watch is, he has that very distinct Game & Watch shape and he still sure. fits. It's weird the way Minecraft looks, like, Steve always looks kind of washed out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think making him vibrant and making him 
look like he belongs in a Smash game might make him look too weird. I don't know. It's so weird. No, I, I definitely get where you're coming from there. Yeah. I could still see it happening. I could still see them putting Steve in Smash Bros. <laughs> this this is 2018. This is this is the timeline we're in. It's possible. It's very possible that Minecraft Steve could be in Smash 5. Can you just imagine, like, you pick up the token... You know, your hand has the token. It's going to put it down on the character you want to play. You set the token down, and the announcer, thrilled to be saying this, goes, Steve! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. However, I'm not predicting Steve. Okay. There's another franchise that Microsoft has that has maybe not the same level of relevance and popularity that Minecraft has. Mm Mm-hmm. But it has an edge, and that's a very specific amount of Nintendo history. Okay. And that is Banjo-Kazooie. Uh-huh. So, Nintendo used to own this company called Rare. Right. Rare made the Donkey Kong Country franchise mm-hmm. for the Super Nintendo, and then they made a bunch of really wacky Nintendo 64 games. Yes. They made, <laughs> they made Blast Core, they made Donkey Kong 64 they made Jet Force Gemini. They made Perfect Dark. Mm-hmm. And they made Conker's Bad Fur Day. Just, you know, all these franchises covering all these different genres and just all very, uh, very unique, you know, very distinct style to them. In particular, like, if you've never checked out Conker's Bad Fur Day and you <laughs> kind of enjoy sort of irreverent, gross-out humor... And sort of slapstick comedy that hinges kind of more toward violent than anything. That game is hands down one of the funniest games I've ever played in my life. Like, I went through that game and I just laughed the entire time I was playing it. And I think that, you know, I was I was probably 14 the last time that I played it. Okay. So it is entirely possible that my humor has matured to an extent where I would find it more cringeworthy than funny these days. But if you're like of that age and you're okay with that kind of humor, it's definitely worth checking out. I'm really interested to see what 28-year-old Sean would think of Conker's Bad Fur Day on a playthrough. Well, maybe we'll find out one day. Yeah. Um, but uh... it's it's funny. I have been slowly going through the catalog of games in Rare Replay for the Xbox One. Right. So I, I think I think Conker's Bad Fur Day will come up. I think I'll get to it. And I'm sure Sean will be in in the house when that happens. Yeah, on the couch, in the armchair somewhere. Yeah. But anyway, Banjo-Kazooie was one of the fan favorites, right? Uh, a bear with a bird in his backpack, and they say goofy things to each other. Uh, Banjo's the bear, Kazooie's the bird. They're really sassy. and uh... I, You know, I've played and enjoyed many a Rare game. It was not because of their character designs, ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that Banjo-Kazooie is just one of those things that's really emblematic of that. Like, it's this classic platformer right. that kind of redefined the genre, kind of took another look at what 3D platformers could be like. Yeah, I really it kind of popularized the whole collect-a-thon right. thing that happened for, for like two, two generations yeah. of platformers. Yeah, And yet, at the end of the day... That's a video game about a bear wearing a backpack that has a bird in it. (laughs) That said, I think Banjo-Kazooie is probably one of their most popular franchises. And 
and people like love Banjo and Kazooie, mm-hmm. you know, like they were really clamoring for a new Banjo Kazooie game once Microsoft got the rights and started making rare games for their platforms. And then they got Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts. Right. And, you know, a lot of people were upset over the vast genre change. But I, I think Banjo Kazooie is still beloved, and I think they they still fit like a certain demographic. And I think Banjo Kazooie like hits this sweet spot where them being in the game would both be a sign of this great unprecedented collaboration and a great nod to gaming history and especially Nintendo history that is kind of lost these days because you can't have rare games on a Nintendo platform anymore. Sure. So I'm predicting Banjo-Kazooie. Wow. All right. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny, like saying it, I'm a little less confident than I was when I when I put my predictions together, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing. There was a thing called the Smash Ballot. Right. The Smash Ballot was sort of a poll, like sort of a survey Nintendo threw out. It's like, hey, just send us which character you want most to be in Smash with this survey. Which and, is a horrible way to conduct a survey on the internet. Oh, but yeah. I'm glad they did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still remember their wording when they announced that Bayonetta was in the game. It's like, yeah, this is, you know, this was the most voted on character that was feasible for us. Right. <laughs> because someone was, someone was like, yeah, I want Bodie McBoatface in Smash. Oh and, God. like, 10,000 people probably did that. But, you know, there, there are also a lot of, uh, Nintendo never released their official results right Mm -hmm. for the ballot but a lot of a lot of different communities were like let's all tell each other what we voted on the survey and compile the results right and there were some popular you know there there were some standouts one of those was banjo kazooie sure right and so like i think as a highly requested character i could see banjo kazooie not showing up at launch but as dlc okay as people keep seeing the collaboration between Microsoft and Nintendo and all these smaller things. Here's another thing. One of the heads of Microsoft, one of the one of the big guys at Microsoft, said in an interview, it's like, I would love Banjo-Kazooie in Smash. And <laughs> Nintendo came to us and asked that to happen. I'd be like, here, okay. take him. So, so they got that going for him? Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, I would love X in Smash. Right. But, you know, usually they're not a big enough deal for Nintendo to care. Right. You know, what's funny is that, like, I think that, I want to be clear, I don't have, like, economic metrics to back what I'm about to say up at all, but my impression, based on the success of the Switch and the sudden, like, flocking of developers to Nintendo versus Microsoft's kind of relative stagnation compared to Nintendo and Sony is that Microsoft has kind of very suddenly found themselves as the underdog in the console wars. Um, so I could definitely see them being keen to get some relevance on their side by throwing Nintendo a bone, you know, yeah. and offering up Banjo-Kazooie as a potential playable character yeah. in Smash. Absolutely. I have one final point okay. on this whole thing, and that is that a trademark was recently discovered for the N64 from Nintendo. Mm. Nintendo filed a new trademark for the N64 kind of follows an interesting pattern of Nintendo filing a trademark for the NES two years ago, and, uh-huh. then, the, and then the NES Classic comes out. 
Nintendo filing a trademark for the SNES last year, and then the SNES Classic came out. That is an interesting pattern. So, if we were to hypothetically get an N64 Classic this year, wouldn't it be really nice if some of the most iconic games of that platform, <laughs> the games that Rare made, happened to be on that system? Uh-huh. I wonder what kind of deal you could make with Microsoft in order to get them to agree to that. That's an interesting thought. Maybe. <laughs> You could put Banjo Kazooie in Smash Bros. Oh, you'll. <laughs> That's way better than it should be, Sean. I'm a little concerned. Thanks. <laughs> um. So yeah, predicting Banjo Kazooie, and I know this prediction's out there, but you know what's funny is I think a lot of people think it's not out there. I think a lot of people think that Banjo Kazooie's a shoe in. I don't think Banjo Kazooie's a shoe in, but. I I just think yeah a lot of factors make him make them make a lot of sense okay and because he was a girl so get that female representation yeah <laughs> they could just make the you know the the sort of bonus feature where you have kind of talking heads talking about the different characters they could put that on the banjo kazooie stage and just have like banjo and kazooie and everybody else talking to each other yeah. they wouldn't even have to hire voice actors because it would just be like <laughs> gruntilda going. <laughs> <laughs> with, like, text on the bottom oh that'd be yeah that that would be a really perfect way to do that to be clear i'm not predicting that that's actually going to happen but <laughs> yeah. it would be great also banjo kazooie has some fun stage potential and i think either grunhilda or mumbo would be a cool assist trophy ah yeah very true yeah so let's move on to the next company we talked a little bit about sakurai breaking his they had to be in a video game first rule mm-hmm. so here's one that a lot of people are talking about shonen jump okay specifically goku from dragon ball z man you know even though we did spend part of this episode making the case for the idea that like you don't actually have to have been in a video game first Something about Goku and Smash just really rubs me the wrong way. I just really don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, so... I'm not even sure that I want it to happen, and I'm someone who likes Dragon Ball fine, you know? <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's funny. I, I think half of the people yelling Goku for Smash are doing it because it's a funny meme. Mm-hmm. I think the other half of the people are really sincere about it and would love Goku and Smash. Sure. And... Goku in a fighting game that plays like Smash would actually be really interesting to see, and I'm really interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that should actually be Smash Bros, the game right. that he's in. And, you know, we did a lot of talking about how Sakurai makes exceptions when when it feels good, when it feels right. I think when he makes the video game first exception, it's going to be a case like Wreck-It Ralph where their identity kind of revolves around video games anyway. Right. Goku's identity doesn't revolve around video games. It's no. it's such an anime thing. He's, <laughs> yeah, really he's always been first and foremost an anime character. Yes, he's been in dozens, maybe hundreds of video games, but like he's always an anime character first and I I think <laughs> I think Goku being in Smash almost would be kind of like a shark being jumped. You know, mm, okay, I can it, see that it it would be jumping the shark in a way. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how normal the term "jumping the shark" is if everyone knows that term. 
There was an episode of Happy Days <laughs> where the character Fonz, he was this really cool guy. He was like a greaser. He always went, hey, and right. then he like punched a jukebox and the jukebox worked. After that, it, it you know, it didn't work before and then he punches it and it works because he's that cool. Played a lot of pinball, I think, that, that kind of guy. Yeah, maybe. I don't distinctly remember any Happy Days pinball scenes, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. And there's an episode where he jumps a, a jet ski over a shark. He uh, water skis over it. Yeah, he, yeah, he water skis over a shark. He jumps over it with the water skis using a ramp. And nothing that happened in Happy Days after that was ever that cool. <laughs> uh, like, Happy Days was ruined because they could never top that. You know, what's weird, what's really weird, is that just the other day, I was reading about jumping the shark on Wikipedia. So I'm actually like weirdly educated for this moment. Oh. They did that scene specifically because Henry Winkler, who played the Fonz, happened to be a very talented water skier. <laughs> and they just wanted to show that off in the show. Oh, man. Um, and uh, the first time that the phrase jumping the shark was used kind of in the context that we now understand it to the creator of happy days. Yeah. He basically responded by saying like that show is hugely popular and our ratings didn't decline for years after that. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's, it's this kind of interesting cultural touchstone because I think people associate that and not wrongly with right. the decline of happy days in terms of like it being a good show, if it ever was right. Um, but it didn't actually affect their bottom line that much. Okay, well, good to know. Yeah. Here's, there's some facts. I'm <laughs> Sean Wikipedia work facts. Anyway, Goku would fly over a shark if he were in Smash. On his Nimbus cloud. Yeah. Or, or you know, or just... maybe not. Yeah, just with his regular legs now. I was just thinking to myself that, like, if Goku had to be in Smash, I would want to be, like, child Goku from Dragon Ball. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that his moves would be more interesting. Yeah, his pull. And it would be easier to make him a balanced character without that feeling stupid. You yeah, know? yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Man, regular Goku in Smash, uh -huh. child Goku in Smash would be... Actually, I would love that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I think if Goku wasn't Smash, it'd probably be the... The version that we're all more familiar with now. Yeah, SSJ-12. <laughs> Goku-san. San Goku, actually. Oh, I was doing San like the honorific, not his name. Oh, yeah. His yeah. name actually is San Goku. San Goku-san. <laughs> and so... <laughs> 10 out of 10 noise. <laughs> Good shit. Uh <laughs> You, yeah. you you packed so much displeasure into one vocal utterance. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Damn, what did I do to you? Yeah, I think he'd have a fun moveset, obviously. Although it'd be weird that he couldn't just fly around. Yeah. I was Kamehameha's could be cool. Maybe mm -hmm. you could even have a power-up mechanic where if you manage to get enough time where you're standing by yourself without getting hit, you could go Super Saiyan and stuff. <laughs> you just like, like whenever you have stopped moving, Goku just starts going, ah, ah, and like transforming slowly over time. Yeah. Like you'd have to hold down and B to do it. To, oh, to I, I see. Yeah. I, I was imagining this would just be like a thing. His idol animation. <laughs> 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 yeah, good. 
Dragon Ball has cool music. It has cool stage potential. You could do Master Roshi's house. You could do sure. that city that almost gets blown up 500 times a day. Right. right. You could do the uh, the arena where they do the, the tournament. Oh, the arc. tournament. Of, oh, that. Yeah. yeah, that'd probably be my pick, actually. Uh huh. Yeah. Hercule um, shows up as a stage hazard. Oh, my God. I would love that so much. I know. I love that so much. Daniel loves Hercule. Yeah, he's my favorite. He was my main in Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3. <laughs> And I wish he could be my main in Dragon Ball Fighters, but they did not include him, and I'm sad. I'm sad about so many casting decisions in that game, but that's <laughs> n- we would need another podcast for me to go through all of them. <laughs> not predicting Goku. Long story short, yeah, no. But that's, that's I figured I'd figured I'd bring him up because so many people talk about him. Right? It'd be so weird to do an entire third party trilogy without bringing up how much people talk about Goku. That's fair. But he's not going to be in the game, guys. I'm sorry. Same. So, continuing our alphabetical journey down <laughs> these various companies, we got Ubisoft. Now, Ubisoft's really interesting. First of all, because they have very clearly been collaborating with Nintendo lately. Mm-hmm. And second, because they're one of a small handful of companies that got a trophy in Smash 4. Oh, well, yeah. So, yeah, Smash 4 had a Rayman trophy in it. It was just uh-huh. a regular trophy, but it was a brand new model made specifically for Smash. <laughs> right. To the point where you wonder, oh, was Rayman going to be playable? And then things fell through, maybe when Ubisoft decided that Rayman Legends wasn't going to be a Wii U exclusive anymore. Right. And they they had the model ready already, so they put him in the game as a trophy, but they weren't going to make him playable after that. I like I don't know what exactly happened there, but it feels like there's a story as to why there's a Rayman trophy and nothing else in Smash 4. No, I get you there. So let's talk about Rayman. Okay. He's definitely an iconic character. Mm-hmm. Very popular, especially in the West. Sure. And what's cool is he is a distinctly popular European character from a uh-huh. French company. You have some Western-specific characters in Smash already from America. Mm-hmm. Right, that that were big in America, but you don't really have any like European representation in Smash Bros. So the thing about Rayman is, I think if you're gonna make a case for him being in a Smash game, I'd say maybe Smash Four would be the time, or maybe even Brawl when mm-hmm. they were doing a Wii exclusive Rayman game. You know, sure. You know, I think you could make a strong case for Rayman then. They sort of haven't done too much with Rayman in the past couple of years. Sure. Rayman himself. Like, he'd be cool. I think he has some moveset potential. You could do some cool stuff with his limbs. Mm-hmm. And he's got a great iconic design. But I think he would not make quite the splash and create quite the reaction that another Ubisoft character would. And I'm talking... About the rabbits. I see. <laughs> yeah? I should just say, before we launch into our discussion of the rabbits, that even though the rabbits have now been in at least one game that I've liked, um, <laughs> I hate them so <laughs> much. I've laughed at the rabbits, and I still hate them. <laughs> Like, there is just something 
about their design, about the fact that they're like just fucking rabbits. There's just something about it that makes me so mad. So like, even though I have enjoyed things, the rabbits have been, I have on occasion thought that the rabbits were funny. Oh man. I just don't like them. (laughs) Like it's not even a logical thing. I don't like the rabbits. So now tell me why they're going to be in smash. (laughs) There is something about the rabbits design to me that they're very clearly designed to be like adorable and funny to children. Uh And something in my brain just wants to spite that, you know, (laughs) like there's something that's like, Oh, you think you're cute? No, rabbit, you're not cute. You're kind of weird. Actually, you kind of unsettle me a bit. And uh, I'm not down for any of this you got going on with your face or your body or your comedic stylings. Not a fan. Fun fact that we probably all know by now, the rabbits were designed by the same guy that made the minions. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you kind of see like some similarities. You kind of see some uh, some drawing from the same inspirational source there. So yeah, one... One thing we should definitely kind of bring up about the Rabbids is that they have started in a video game with Mario. Yes. Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle was a Nintendo Switch exclusive that came out last year, and this has very clearly been in the works for a little while. Yes. Right? Like, when Sakurai was putting his stuff together in 2016, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle was very clearly in the works rumblings like rumors were actually that Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle was initially going to be a launch game. It's supposed to come out on the day that the Switch did. Right. So if that was the case then then clearly the the planning documents for this were were rolling around, mm-hmm. you know, mid 2016 for sure. Sure. I should say by the way, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle Boy, is that a surprisingly solid game. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? I and many other people did not have high hopes for that game when it initially got announced. Yeah. Definitely thought that at best it would be like a 6 out of 10. Turns out that it was substantially better than what I thought. Yeah. When I first heard that rumor, I'm like, this is, this sounds so stupid that A, it has to be true, and B, it's probably actually going to be kind of fun. (laughs) And I was right. Yeah. Uh, I kind of I kind of enjoy that game in spite of all the rabbit stuff actually, mm-hmm. but the the rabbits definitely got like sort of a a revival with that, you know. Like I think I think there's just a lot of people that unironically love with a capital L, rabid peach. Yes, there are. Yeah, there there sure are, and you know she she does have a, a kind of a a weird charm to her in, she's in a way. She's sassy. Yeah, she right? takes selfies <laughs> and she's stylish. Yeah, she's... And she's... She's thirsty st- for Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm predicting that a rabbit is going to be playable. My guess is that it's going to be a rabbit that can... that has the moveset of a Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle Rabbid, mm-hmm. and that you'll be able to... Oh, swap what Rabbid yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. Rabbid Mario, Rabbid Luigi, uh-huh. Rabbid Peach, Rabbid Yoshi will all be costumes for the playable Rabbid, and you could probably just also be a Rabbid. You know what? This is fine. It's <laughs> fine that you're doing this. I can't even disagree with you, <laughs> but I still hope you're wrong. Oh, you know, I'd be fine if I was wrong. <laughs> 
but just yeah, nah, man. I've never seen Nintendo collaborate this much with a third-party character. Well, on a console, I guess True. there was Wario Blast, uh, <laughs> starring Bomberman. But yeah, like this, this is the biggest. This is the most Nintendo has trusted a third party with one of their platforms in a couple decades. Sure. And the Rabbids are a worldwide phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You know, they like people do dig them. Mario Rabbids even came out in Japan like earlier this year. Yeah, it just makes sense. You know, it sure. just <laughs> like what's hard is it's it's hard to think of a reason to not put them in. You no, know? I mean, you know, like I said, I can't really disagree with you. You yeah. know, I think the rabbits have a lot going for them in terms of the RPM triangle. <laughs> I think that, you know, Ubisoft has this great relationship with Nintendo right now. There's a lot going for Rabbids. I hope they're not in Smash. <laughs> and the RPM triangle is something that Sean keeps trying to make a thing. Because it is a thing at this point, let's be real. Uh, because uh, I go on a lot about how there's three big things that a Smash character usually has to meet to to be in a Smash game. Relevance, popularity, and moveset potential. Rabbids have that relevance. They have the popularity. And especially with Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, yeah. that, like they could use the those you know those blasters that they have in the game, and mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe they even utilize that sort of uh, rabbit ear wearing Roomba that oh yeah they have access to uh-huh. in Kingdom Battle. Yeah, you could have just a Kingdom Battle move set. It would actually probably be really cool. It's always kind of funny to me whenever like a company. Or just Nintendo, like whenever they try to make Mario really like serious, you know? Yeah. Like, man, we got to make Mario serious. Let's give him a gun, you know? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I was definitely getting that kind of vibe from Kingdom Battle. There's all yeah. these shots of Mario like scowling and posing with his ray gun. Yeah. And, and uh, then uh, Rabbit Peach shows up and he's like, hey there. Him yeah, whatever. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that game existing is very weird, but here it is. Yep. So yeah, I think Rabbids just like Rayman obviously has a longer history. Mm-hmm. He's he's definitely like a more more historical character, but Rabbids just sort of flatten him in relevance and popularity right now. For sure. And they have a Nintendo Switch exclusive game, and Rayman doesn't. So mm-hmm. yeah, Rabbids. In Smash 5. Whether I like it or not. Because this ain't... A smashing theory isn't about what we want. It's about what we think. <laughs> and I think that the rabbits are in. Okay. So moving on from Ubisoft. Although Ubisoft does have a lot of uh, a lot of cool franchises. They got Assassin's Creed. They got Watch Dogs. I think if Ubisoft has a franchise in Smash, <laughs> it's going to be... That that Rayman Rabbids stuff. That fucking guy from Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs into battle. Watch as he <laughs> Dog. shoots Mario in the head. <laughs> and then hacks Rob to kill someone. <laughs> then escapes in a car that he stole. Woo! So next on our list. Funny enough, Ubisoft is not the bottom of the alphabetical thing. 
Wow, what is the bottom of the alphabetical thing? The bottom of the alphabetical thing, Yacht Club Games. Yacht Club Games. And they are the creators of the Shovel Knight franchise. You know, I can't recall if we've brought this up on the podcast before. Not yet. Probably not. (laughs) Not yet. You've just told me this endlessly off mic, but go on. I'm so sick of Shovel Knight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think, I want to be clear, I have not played Shovel Knight. It seems like it's probably a fine game, even a good game. He has since appeared in every indie game that has been released since that game came out, is what it feels like to me. Right. He's just showing up constantly. He's in ukulele. Mm. He's in all these other games. He's always being promoted. He's in all these bundles. I'm so sick of Shovel Knight, man. <laughs> I it's It's not as bad as the Rabbids. I if I had to choose between the rabbits being in this game and Shovel Knight being in this game, I'd probably barely go toward Shovel Knight. But holy shit. <laughs> if that could just be the last thing that he was in and then we could forget about Shovel Knight and move on. No offense meant to Yacht Club Games even though I'm sure that that is offensive to Yacht Club, ga- Club Games <laughs> if they're listening. But like, oh my god. I just want Shovel Knight to never be in another thing at this point in my life. <laughs> so, fun fact, Yacht Club Games did a survey a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Shovel Knight was sort of their their homage to Metroidvania games, basically, and to, and to sort of like DuckTales-style platformers. Sure. And uh, they basically did a survey to their fans. It was like, hey, if you, um, when we make our next game... What would you like it to be? Uh, there are a lot of options. Like, I want to see your take on Mega Man. I want to uh, see. I want to see your take on. I want to see what you can do with the mechanics in Super Mario Brothers Two. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the overwhelming winner in that survey was just Shovel Knight Two. <sighs> <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about. He plays a knight with a shovel. Yeah, he plays a knight with a shovel, and. He's kind of weirdly big on Nintendo platforms. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, the Shovel Knight franchise has like gotten the best sales on Nintendo platforms. They tend to have like a lot of Nintendo exclusive stuff with the Shovel Knight games. Mm-hmm. The Wii U and 3DS versions had had like some exclusive modes or something. And this is a big one. Shovel Knight has his own amiibo. Right. The only indie game to really have one, and one of like a handful of third-party publishers to have their own amiibo. Shovel Knight doesn't have one amiibo. He has four amiibo now. Jesus Christ. Uh, three of the, like, King Knight, Plague Knight, and another knight, uh, Scepter, Scepter Knight, uh, some... Anyway, there's four <laughs> there's four amiibos total representing the Shovel Knight franchise. And that's that's a lot for Yeah. I can't believe that like that happened before Dylan of Dylan's Rolling Western got a amiibo. I don't think he yeah, I think he still doesn't have one. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. The way I think Yacht Club Games have said it went mm-hmm. is that they went to Nintendo and requested to make these amiibos, and they said fine. I see. It, it wasn't this wasn't Nintendo going, oh, you guys are so big that we're going to make some amiibos out of you. So there is that, but it's still 
you know, it's still kind of a big deal. You know, you don't see uh, any Commander Video amiibo out there. You don't see any Golf Story or Stardew Valley amiibo out there. Although I would take a Stardew Valley amiibo. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. He definitely has Nintendo relevance. He is weirdly popular. He's all over indie games. He has his <laughs> he has his metal blue fingers dipped in a whole lot of indie game pies i'll <laughs> tell you what he sure does and moveset potential you know he actually has some like he could he could use his shovel to like dig up stuff on the field oh, yeah, that's true and and you know he he has that sort of pogo stick thing that he does with the shovel mm-hmm. that scrooge mcduck action <laughs> and maybe he could even like maybe he could borrow some of like plague knight's moveset or like you know like like use some of the stuff that uh various bosses from sure. Shovel Knight have used. Uh there's there's definitely a lot of moveset potential for Shovel Knight actually. And 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 here's one big thing. Like Nintendo has made such an initiative about how seriously they take indies, mm-hmm. right? And how much they want indies to be on their platform. One could see Nintendo making this gesture of like, yeah, that's right. We consider indie to be one of the big boys, and here's an indie representative right. in Smash Bros. Here's Shovel Knight. Sure. And I think Shovel Knight is like, you know, one of the most likely like indie reps, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Definitely more so than any of the other games I can think of offhand. Yeah. We'll talk about one more in just a second. But okay. <laughs> So Shovel Knight has a surprising amount going for him, and one could argue that he's big enough to be in Smash. So here is my prediction. Okay. Shovel Knight will be an assist trophy <laughs> in Smash Bros. 5. I'm okay with that. That's that's what I think is going to happen. He will either get, like, a normal trophy, just sort of like, yeah, yeah, we here's Shovel Knight. Like, right. we, we acknowledge him sure. in Nintendo. Or he'll even get an assist trophy where he runs around and shovels things. I don't know. But as far as a playable character, one thing you got to keep in mind is one thing that Sakurai says about putting characters in Smash. And he's like, when he puts a character in Smash and they're representing a franchise and they're not just like a a deep cut like he likes to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. One of the things he considers most is whether or not that franchise has a future. Now, now I do. Now I wanna, I wanna say that I do think that Shovel Knight will be around for a while. Okay, but I think this is like I think, I think Shovel Knight being as big as he is mm-hmm. will not be forever. Sure, that makes sense. I, I think, I think eventually Shovel Knight will be like a thing that people will talk about less. And I think, I, I think actually like we might finally be reaching the point where the Smash roster is too big. Mm-hmm. You know. But Sakurai generally likes to have Smash characters that are still relevant when he makes the next game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think there's probably a concern from Sakurai and Nintendo that maybe Shovel Knight won't be relevant enough to be playable in 10 years. So he's sort of seeing the writing on the wall. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, and and I think that's even like not just for including him in Smash Six, right? If he's already been included in Smash Five, but I think Nintendo's being kind of careful. I think, I think if 
if Shovel Knight ends up being a fad, I think they don't want people to go through Smash history, right? Like, I think, you know, 15 years from now, Smash 7 has just come out, and people go back to look at Smash 5, and they're like, oh, man, they thought Shovel Knight was big back then. <laughs> right. You know, I, I just get this feeling that, that Shovel Knight is relevant, but he's not playable character in Smash Bros. relevant. He's okay. not... He's not big enough on that third party scale yet. You know, I I just I just get that feeling. I, I think I think Shovel Knight has definitely earned a lot of recognition. Mm-hmm. And I I just get the vibe that Nintendo doesn't think he's quite worthy. I just get that vibe. I can't really explain why. That's just what I think. I appreciate that vibe. <laughs> did did I, did I scare you for a sec? No. No? No. You know, like it would be fine if Shovel Knight was in Smash, even right. as a playable character. Right. Um, but uh I I like I like where you're going with that. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. I I think it's actually very likely that there will be a nod to Shovel Knight in Smash. Just playable's probably too much. Sure. That's just the vibe I get. So you'll notice that we're pretty much at the end of the alphabet, but I have one last company to talk about at the end of the alphabet. Because there is no company name <laughs> for Toby Fox, uh-huh. the creator of Undertale. He doesn't have like a company. He's just Toby Fox, and he and he made Undertale, and now he's a billionaire. Good job, Toby, <laughs> or a millionaire at least. Right. He uh, certainly has more money than he did at the start of that venture. Yeah, but yeah, last big, last big franchise we talk about before we go into listener mail, but Undertale. There's actually so many people that, that, like, really want Undertale to be in Smash. And Undertale's a big deal, you know? They, it's, it's, a, it's a really good game. Mm-hmm. It, it really blew up. Uh, there's, you know, so many fans of this game. It's got a really cool cast of characters that I think would be really fun to see in Smash. And Undertale's coming to the Switch later this year. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, Nintendo... People actually like reached out to Toby Fox to get Undertale on the Wii U and stuff, right? Like you know, a couple years ago, and then there was a lot of silence about that, and then suddenly Undertale got a PS4 port with no word of of a Switch <laughs> port, and then they got a Switch port. You know, people are people are citing that they're like, yeah, obviously they've they've been talking about putting Undertale on the Switch for a long time, so now that Undertale's Definitely going to be on the Switch. It's going to happen. And a lot of people say Sans is sure. going to be the representative. Sans would be in Switch. S- Sans would be in Smash. And, you know, not not to spoil too much about Undertale, but he definitely has a lot of cool moveset potential. Uh-huh. He, he could do a lot of cool, wacky stuff, both comedic and kind of badass, you know? Right, right. He kind of can sort of cover a whole spectrum of different moves. And I th- I think other characters could deserve a slot too. Um, Undine is a dope character that Sean hasn't met yet in his playthrough of Undertale. <laughs> uh, Papyrus would be cool. Ah, uh, I would love that. Eve- even Frisk. However, I don't think Undertale is going to be represented in Smash. Okay. And that's mainly because one of the biggest points is that Undertale port for Switch. One needs to think of the timing of that announcement, Mm -hmm. the Undertale port for Switch was announced on the same day that Nintendo announced 
that Game Maker Studio 2, a development tool, sure. was now compatible with the Switch. Game Maker Studio is what was used to develop Undertale, which means that they were not working on an Undertale port until that engine was compatible with the Switch. Right. Right? It's not like this was planned since 2016. Like, what probably happened is, like, Nintendo was like, hey, do you want to, you know, put this game on the Switch? And like, yeah, we'd, we'd like that, but it's kind of, we don't think it would be worth it to port it to a brand new engine. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to wait until you have that engine for the Switch. Oh, you have it now? Okay, cool. We'll announce it today. <laughs> you know? Um, sure. This does not give the vibes of the level of collaboration that we've gotten from stuff like Shovel Knight right. or other third-party stuff. I wouldn't quite say Undertale on the Switch feels like an afterthought, but I don't think that decision was made in time for Undertale to be considered for Smash representation. Okay. And, you know, I th- I think there's a smallish chance that they could loop back around after the game's out and consider Sans or Frisk for DLC. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it's quite that likely. I think if we're getting an indie character, it's Shovel Knight, and I think Shovel Knight's an assist trophy at best. Okay. There's some cool stage, the, like the ruins would be a cool stage, though. Sure. Uh, that's that soundtrack. I just <laughs> crank everything on my music. Oh my god, what if like Ace did like a remix? Oh holy shit. Of an Undertale theme. What if what if they got Yoko Shimamura to show up and do a remix of Papyrus's theme? Oh my please. Holy cow. Oh man, that'd be so good. Yeah, I w- I like I would forget that Frisk even existed, <laughs> but I would play on on Frisk's stage. I'd right. play on their stage. God, like all day. Like, forget the idea of Undertale being in Smash. I just want an Undertale concept album where Yoko Shimomura does some songs for it, yeah. among other artists. Yeah. Oh, man. That'd be amazing. But yes, here we are at the end of our alphabetical list. Whew. Uh, and what a list it was. Yes, but we're not quite done. You guys have sent us a lot of, of mail and suggestions of what you want to see from the third party area. Let's check it out. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much to everyone who sent these in. A lot of you actually sent in suggestions like Heihachi from Tekken and Jack Frost of Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> a gentle reminder that we did cover those on previous episodes. So if you sent in something like that and we didn't talk about it, that's why you better perk up your ears and click on your links and check out our previous episodes. But in the meantime, (laughs) but in the meantime, MaxK713 on Reddit, kind of a frequent submitter at this point. Thanks, MaxK. They call you MaxK because you're maximum cool, spelled with a K because that's how you spell it when you're cool in the 90s. MaxK713 says, my most wanted third party newcomer that will probably never make it in is the Dovakin from Skyrim. Their chance of making it in is slim, but Skyrim is the 12th best-selling video game of all time, and in my opinion was critical to the success of the Switch's launch. They also have great moveset potential. I would love if they wielded an axe and shield to use for their normals and aerials, and then harnessed their shout abilities for specials. The intensity of the shouts could even be determined by how long you hold the special button. That's cute. The final smash would, of course, be to summon a dragon 
to play as a stage boss that must be attacked and defeated before it goes away. You know what's really weird is that there's this kind of strange connection between Skyrim and Nintendo. Actually, Charles Martinet voices a dragon in that game. He voices like a kind of a good guy dragon who I think you can either choose to kill or not. And uh, he is also the voice of Mario. So that's just a weird little tidbit about Skyrim that you know now. So really, they'd only have to hire one guy if they made the dragon playable. <laughs> right, exactly. Anyway, Max K goes on. As a stage to go to the Dovahkiin, the throat of the world is the first place that comes to my mind, taking place at the peak of a snowy mountain overlooking all of Skyrim. Huh. Occasionally, a dragon will even fly in from the background and either watch or even breathe fire into a certain part of the stage. But yeah, thanks, Max K. Yeah, you know, I have to say... I agree, Max K, with your assertion that it is unlikely that the Dovahkiin will make an appearance in Smash, but I like your design, Doc. I think that you have a lot of really cool ideas that I would not have thought of, so absolutely thank you for writing in to us. No, really cool idea, and actually, it's kind of funny, I feel like the Dovahkiin might be more likely than some of my predictions. (laughs) You know, I uh, they got that Skyrim port year one of the Switch. That's true. Skyrim's a big deal. Everyone knows what Skyrim is. And friggin' millions of people played that game. Including I, I, me. Yeah, I think the Dovahkiin wouldn't be a bad pick. <laughs> Ni Original NY on Reddit actually adds, Dragonborn, I know that Skyrim hasn't been on Switch for long and that Doom would be a more iconic choice for Bethesda, but damn it, I want to shout people off the ledge. <laughs> Can't blame you. Yeah, so multiple people actually want this Skyrim stuff. And, okay. uh... And yeah, I'm I'm glad that uh some people mentioned Bethesda because uh because yeah, but Bethesda is talking with Nintendo and they've got they're collaborating a lot. It'd be cool if Bethesda got some Smash representation. You know, it's funny, I don't actually think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bethesda stuff's going to be in Smash, but what I do think is going to happen is within the next year or two, Bethesda is going to get the same permission to make a Switch exclusive game that uses a Nintendo IP, they're gonna get to do what Ubisoft did. Ah, uh, uh huh. Obviously, like Metroid's already being worked on by someone that isn't Bethesda. God, they'd be such a good fit for Metroid. Yeah, though. wouldn't they? Oh, man. Wouldn't they? Yeah, they really would. But I, I feel like some point in the Switch's life cycle, Bethesda's gonna work on a Nintendo IP. I kind of feel that like slowly starting to happen. Zelda. Oh, 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 wow, a Zelda spinoff by Bethesda. Yeah. Oh, that'd be, oh, man, that'd be nuts. Yeah. That'd be, wow, okay, yeah, uh-huh. I can see that shit, uh-huh. I can see that shit. Um, we gotta change this podcast to a Zelda theory where we just talk about what that would be like for hours. <laughs> oh, we gotta figure out what, we, what we're gonna do once Smash Bros. is out. Man, that'll be a weird time. Yeah. We'll be too busy playing Smash to make any podcasts. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> nah, you'll probably see more of us. But anyway, so if you guys got mad when I passed over that B on the alphabetical list, there's Bethesda. There it is. Mm-hmm. Mega Doomer 2 on Reddit says, While there's quite a few third-party characters that I'd like to see, like Rayman and Shovel Knight, I feel like they'll have plenty of people willing to defend them or explain why they should be in Smash. As a result, I'm going to go full-blown wild card and talk about a character I'd love to see in Smash, even if he stands no chance for several reasons. <laughs> Travis Touchdown from the No More Heroes series. The No More Heroes series has had strong ties to Nintendo since its inception, and in spite of the violence, crude language, and sexual innuendos, it fits in an odd way. 
Neither Nintendo nor Suda51 are content with doing things the tried and true way, but rather they experiment and are constantly trying new things. Sometimes they might be well received, while other decisions might leave you questioning why they thought it would be a good idea, but they <laughs> march to the beat of their own drum regardless. Okay. Suda51 is definitely persistent when it comes to wanting to see Travis and Smash Bros. He's been asking Sakurai about it for roughly 10 years now, and he's even gotten to the point of adding a single Joy-Con control scheme in the latest game to make it easier to picture how he'd work in Smash. <laughs> he actually did like say this in an interview. Wow. Travis may use a lawyer-friendly lightsaber, but he's more than another swordsman. Between his pro-wrestling moves and various super moves, including the ability to turn into a tiger, he could be a really entertaining character to play as. Thanks, Mega Doomer. Mega Doomer 2. <laughs> Thanks, Mega Doomer 2. Yeah, that's a really great pick. I think so, too. Suda51 is probably the biggest, the most vocal fan of Travis <laughs> Touchdown in Smash Bros. Uh -huh. And actually, Travis Touchdown is another character where... If he showed up as an assist trophy, that that would be uh -huh. something I could see happening. Okay. I think the fact that no one wants Travis Touchdown in Smash Bros. more than Suda51 is both a good thing and a bad thing. I get you there. But yeah, like I, I think there's not actually enough of a desire for Travis from like the mainstream audience yeah. to actually see him as playable in the game. But I could see Sakurai going like, okay, 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 I'll cut you this deal. <laughs> He's an assist trophy. He can't swear, but he'll swing his lightsaber around. Before we move on, I would just like to say that when I first scanned the outline and saw Travis touchdown, the first place my mind went was like, oh yeah, Tecmo Bowl. I was just like imagining that Travis touchdown was some kind of like NPC <laughs> from that game. Uh, and that was not true. I very quickly remembered what No More Heroes was, but it took me a second. Good. <laughs> I could have mentioned Tecmo Bowl during Koei Tecmo. Yeah, but unless we're putting like high fiving quarterbacks into the game, I don't think that that's happening. Tecmo Bowl has a fun little nostalgic place in in our hearts. I I got it for the Wii Virtual Console on a whim, and we all. Like Sean and I, Max and I, mm -hmm. my my other podcast co-host Max Lando, right. we just played the crap out of that game. It was it was very fun. the The sound card wasn't quite capable of doing <laughs> voice clips, but they tried anyway. Yeah. So whenever a touchdown was scored, you just hear like, ha ha, ha ha, and uh, in particular, whenever you would score a touchdown, like there would be this kind of like flip book animation of two <laughs> footballers giving each other an enthusiastic high five well that cute little music i try to imitate plays da, yeah da, 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 da. It's, uh, it's good stuff yeah really stupid anyway sean's childhood friend lonnie's back welcome back again lonnie <laughs> and lonnie says in all caps Okay, Juno, this is Juno time where I mentioned Juno. Juno from Jet Force Gemini. Juno, rare is third party and owned by Microsoft. That's the whole thing. That's all he says. Thanks, Lonnie. <laughs> so would you, would you like to talk about Juno from Jet Force Gemini? Absolutely. So Jet Force Gemini is one of the interesting kind of games that Rare made for the Nintendo 64. Um, I 
don't really have actual sales figures in mind, but my impression is that it was less successful than the likes of Banjo-Kazooie and so on. Oh, almost definitely. Yeah. And Juno is the first of several playable characters that you unlock over the course of that game. He's kind of your sort of almost typical soldier sort of like space marine type character. He unlocks many different weapons. Uh, so I think that there is some moveset potential there. If I had to choose a Jet Force Gemini character, you later unlock the ability to play as Juno's dog, Lupus, <laughs> who is just like a dog with jet paws who has like guns that kind of are attached to like the back part of his armor that he fires. And I just love that. I just love that there's like a playable good boy with, <laughs> with guns that you shoot ants with and you're like just running around in this sci-fi setting. And I think that that is fantastic. That's probably the Jet Force Gemini character that I personally would uh, would go with if, if you know, Jet Force Gemini was the franchise that was going to appear in Smash. And I don't think that it is. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it won't show up. At all. Even if Banjo Kazooie's in there, right. I don't think they'll even remember that Jet Force Gemini exists. Which is a Smash. shame because it's a cool little game. Yeah. Fun fact Lonnie has been sending me emails suggesting Juno from Jet Force Gemini <laughs> for like seven different episodes. <laughs> like. You know, we do the Retro Revivals episode, it's like, oh, Jet Force Gemini is kind of old. <laughs> Juno from Jet Force Gemini. Uh, the sci-fi episode where I'm talking about Xenoblade and Earthbound, he's like, oh, Jet Force Gemini is a star... F- is a- <laughs> Jet Force Gemini is a sci-fi game. How about Juno from Jet Force Gemini? So this was finally his time to shine. This, this and- is the culmination. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I... Uh- Lonnie is indeed my childhood friend, since uh, Daniel Daniel prefaces it like that whenever we bring Lonnie up. I've, I've <laughs> known him since we were about eight years old, seven or eight years old. Yeah. And uh, Jet Force Gemini is far and away his favorite video game of all time. <laughs> like, I can remember him breathlessly reading me, like, the coverage it was getting in Nintendo Power before it got released. Oh, wow. So, very, very long history with that franchise. And I like it a lot, too. Uh, so I definitely can't blame him for wanting to throw that in there. Yeah, I feel like Lonnie has a more intimate franchise than Jet Force Gemini than Nintendo does, and Nintendo made the game. <laughs> so yeah, so, so sorry, Lonnie. Uh, what what would be your guilty pleasure third party character if it if it could be any character at all? Oh man, who guilty, would you want to throw in there? Man, guilty pleasure third party character. Yeah, on the. Absolutely would never happen in a billion years scale. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Spikram Ape Escape would be so <laughs> yeah, much fun in a Smash go. game. Like he was in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale, but something like they sort of sucked all the joy out of him as a character. You yeah. know, he didn't even have a voice actor, and I don't know. Like I've, I feel like if you gave that character to Sakurai, he would come up with a more fun move set. Okay. Hope the us talking about Jet Force Gemini. Is enough for you, Lonnie, because <laughs> that's never going to be in Smash. Sorry. So, uh, just to show that I'm not doing these listener mails in any particular order, mm-hmm. uh, let's go to a, another Bethesda pick. Okay. Go Green Beans 5 <laughs> on Reddit. A great name. Says, I will cry if one of the rabbits becomes a character, but Rayman does not. Now, all that aside... 
I love Bethesda's growing relationship with Nintendo, Skyrim, Doom, Wolfenstein, but I don't want Dragonborn or Doom Guy. They wouldn't really fit well in Smash. Mm-hmm. Smash is for big boys only. <laughs> Therefore, I think Vault Boy ah. would be an amazing character for Smash. I don't think he's likely, but if they can do the 2D Mr. Game & Watch or your hopeful Paper Mario character, then I have no doubt that Sakurai can make a cool Vault Boy character. Plus, Vault Boy is goofy, cartoony, and smiley, and could fit in with Smash. Uh They recently did have an interesting tweet, their hashtag please stand by campaign. Right. uh, Which uh, ended up being a trailer for Fallout 76. Right. After after Go Green Beans 5 posted this. Maybe that could be a Fallout for Switch. I would love Vault Boy so one can only dream. Thanks, Go Green Beans 5. Yeah. I think that's a really creative and really cool suggestion. I think so, too. Definitely not something I would ever have thought of. Yeah. I, I also don't think he's terribly likely, but that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'd really like that. As as we mentioned, Fallout 76 did just get announced, and that could very well be a Switch game. We don't know what platforms it's coming out for yet. True. Wouldn't bet on it. Apparently, it's kind of an online intensive game and those games from non-nintendo companies don't tend to be on the switch lately so mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see how that goes okay but anyway yeah definitely not predicting vault boy but vault boy would be dope yeah i like the pitch uh finally we've got a prediction from my co-host over at my other podcast play this wow max lando All sending right. in his first Official prediction. Let's hear his inaugural predict. So my prediction for your next podcast. One, I think it's extremely likely that at the very least we get a rabid alt costume for Peach. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised by rabid being a playable character either, but I think an alt costume is more likely. So before I move on to the main his main prediction, I think this is a very interesting theory because yes, a rabid alt costume for Peach <laughs> is he imagine like so the thing with alt costumes in fighting games, especially ones that are model based like Smash Bros, mm-hmm. is that is that alt costumes have to be the same size as the original model so right. that all the hitboxes stay the same. So, so if is it he, were literally that... rabid peach, then it would just be like a rabid stretched right, peach's yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah, like he's thinking like a fucking like horrifying, like like just like taffy, like stretched out <laughs> rabid, like using like peach's model. Or <laughs> or like is regular peach just going to be like Suddenly, like short and squat, so that Rabbit Peach could have like the same model. It's like the when they do like um, one of my favorite videos on the internet is someone took all of the super oh. moves in Injustice <laughs> Two and put Batman's model on them and had him do all of them. Oh, I I saw the animation where he does Harley Quinn super, <laughs> yes. where like yeah, oh man. yeah. And uh, it's just horrifying, and uh, so that's kind of what I'm picturing, kind of a similar aesthetic. Actually, it's funny. A lot of people have modded older Smash Bros. games, <laughs> right. and someone has made this horrifying thing called Pika Man, 
where where like you just have like Pikachu like stretched on the Captain Falcon model and oh man it's like nightmare fuel. Now on so, the other hand, if you wanted to give Peach the human princess a costume reminiscent of Rabid Peach, yeah, where maybe I don't know, she's got like bunny ears going on or something and, right and kind of palette swap right yeah if you if you wanted to somehow make a homage to rabbit right. Peach, yeah or like maybe she says like a rabid mask on her face <laughs> um yeah what, what's the over under on there being a rabid mask in the next zelda game oh 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 man <laughs> i i hope low <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Or, or high or whatever the the version where that doesn't happen is right right Anyway, then Max makes uh, makes this prediction. Two, it's not super likely, but I would love to see Dorothy from SteamWorld Dig 2 as a playable character. Okay. In terms of the much-revered RPM triangle... Thanks, Max. She's relevant and has fantastic moveset potential. Her standard attack could be the simple pickaxe, with the punching piston being her side B, her jetpack being the up B... Or if that's too much like Diddy Kong, the hookshot instead. Hmm. And her down B could be either the pressure bombs or, my preference, a Dig Dug-style move that brings Dorothy below the surface of the level before popping back out to attack. Circling back to the triangle for a moment, she's not the most popular character, (laughs) y'all. Uh, oh, sorry. She's not the most popular character. Y'all will discuss in this episode, I'm sure. <laughs> you just go, this is not the most popular character. Y'all! Yeehaw! Dorothy from SeaWorld Dig 2. I'm well, Max I mean, that, That'd be so in character for Max. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Giddy up. I love having intellectual discussions about video games. Yeehaw! Stretch a rabbit onto Peach's bones. (laughs) 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 She's she's not the most popular character. Y'all will discuss it in this episode, I'm sure, but SeamWorld Dig 2 was an extremely well-received game, both critically and by its gaming audience, and came out very early in the Switch's life cycle. Plus, as you guys have mentioned before, more original female characters are always appreciated in the Smash universe, especially when they're cool blue robots. So yeah, Dorothy for Smash Witch. You know, I'm not super familiar with the Steam World Dig franchise, but just based on Max's description of that character, I'd be down. You know, yeah. it sounds really cool. No, she's got a cool design and... Yeah, she's definitely got that moveset potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot to Max. I actually would have glazed over her completely Same. if if I had not gotten this mail from Max. Because, you know, I, I think if there's going to be an indie rap, Shovel Knight is sort of like the, the star child of, of yeah. that, you know. But there's a lot of really cool options, and I think Dorothy would be a great one. She'd be really cool. I agree. So thank you, Max. Thank you for that. Yes. And thank you for everyone that sent in mail. Uh, we got the most mail thus far <laughs> for all of your third-party predictions, and they were all really great. It was really cool to see a lot of your ideas, yes. and I'm sorry that we ran out of room for them, but we read them all, and they're freaking great, and please keep sending in more. The more you you send us, the more likely it is that we will read your mail on an episode because you guys send us cool stuff. Yeah, it's like buying lottery tickets, but don't buy lottery tickets. It's <laughs> not a, you are 
not likely to win the lottery, you are likely to be featured on a Smashing Theory if you send us an email or post on our Reddit threads. More likely than you are to win the lottery ticket, at the very least. Substantially. (laughs) So, uh, now is the part where I say the roster I predicted so far. Say it. In the Mario episode, I predicted Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Rosalina, Bowser Jr., Captain Toad, Paper Mario. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. In the Mario Spinoffs episode, I predicted Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Yoshi, and Wario. Tell it, girl. In the Zelda episode, I predicted Link, Zelda Sheik, Ganondorf, Toon Link, or Bosa Butch. I predicted Minda instead. Oh, that was good. <laughs> In the Kirby episode, I predicted Kirby, Meta Knight, King DDD, Waddle D, and Mark's. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> In the Kirby episode, I predicted Kirby, Meta Knight, King DDD, Waddle D, Sean predicted Mark's, uh, Pit, Palutena, and Dark Pit. Right. In the sci fi episode, I predicted Captain Alamar, Ness, Lucas, Shulk, and Rex with Pira and Mithra. Mm-hmm. In the McClouds episode, I predicted Fox, Falco, Wolf, and Captain Falcon. Mm-hmm. In Rough Housing, I predicted Villager and Little Mac. Makes sense. In Retro Revivals, I predicted Ice Climbers, Duck Hunt, and Scapon. Right. And in Third Parties Part 1, I predicted Sonic, Bayonetta, and Bomberman. Mm-hmm. Third Parties Part 2, I predicted Mega Man, Ryu, Phoenix Wright, Pac-Man, Heihachi. <laughs> hmm? Sorry, this is a very stacked episode for predictions. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pac-Man, Heihachi, Cloud, and Sora, mm-hmm. and here in Third Parties, Part 3, I predicted Wreck-It Ralph, Banjo-Kazooie, and a rabbit. List em, list em, gotta list em all, gotta list em all, a smashing theory. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry I didn't commit to the rap. That would have okay. been okay. You I committed did. to it more than I ever thought you would. <laughs> so I appreciate your attempt. Uh, yeah. So that is a total of seven third-party newcomers. Now, I want to stress that I think some of those will be in at launch, and some of them will be DLC. I don't right. think we'll get seven third-party characters right when it launches later sure. this year. I don't know who I would specifically say would be launch versus dlc out of those newcomers if i had to make some bets i would say that barman the rabid heihachi and sora okay would be launch and then wreck it ralph banjo kazooie and phoenix Wright would be dlc okay also i could see a universe where jibanyan is in there as like an eighth third party character, but that's a lot. That's a lot of newcomers. Yeah, that's a like. <laughs> I could see a world where we don't even get eight newcomers total. <laughs> you know, like maybe uh, Sakurai tries to cool it with newcomers, and we we get a smaller amount. But that doesn't seem like Sakurai style. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> if you want to know where else you can find us, I do another podcast that I've inadvertently mentioned several times already in this episode. Play This, a podcast where my friend Max Lando and I recommend video games to each other and then have really in-depth discussions about them. You can look forward to the Psychonauts episode happening relatively soon. And while you're waiting, you can listen to our Life is Strange episode. Very good. Yeah, which we, we had a lot of fun doing. That's I'm I'm back down to one other podcast instead of two because 
my my video game of the day project is taking a break for at least a while. Uh, turns out that it's very hard to maintain three podcasts at once, so I think just two will do for now. That sounds like a plan. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. If you are interested in being entertained by YouTube videos where I play video games, you can always look me up on YouTube by going to your search bar for YouTube and typing in R.E. Chief. If you take a look at that, uh, you'll see that I recently finished a Let's Play of Ace Attorney Investigations 2, which is not even out in the States and probably never will be, so definitely check that out. And that I'm in the middle of a, an Undertale Let's Play that is taking a temporary hiatus because I am working on a podcast and also working on a job in real life. Uh, but in the meantime, you'll want to get caught up for when I do start that up again. Um, if, on the other hand, you are interested in retaining the services of a voice actor or a uh, music composer... Uh, any professional inquiries can be sent to seandanielfrancis at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N, and Francis is spelled with an I. And I would be happy to make an arrangement with you. I uh, have a pretty extensive voice acting credits at this point, and I'd be happy to send out my demo reel. And if you're interested in hearing my musical stylings, you can check out Daniel's hiatus podcast Uh <laughs> video game of the day which features my music yeah it's his music's really good his voice is really good and someone really should snatch him up before i don't know uh get snatched up yeah for someone else does <laughs> there now you've heard my voice and my music at the same time <laughs> <laughs> i can i can see everyone lining up Woo! right now okay <laughs> Next time on A Smashing Theory, our E3 prediction episode. Ooh. That's right, everybody. We're going to take a quick break from format, and instead of predicting any specific franchises, we are going to predict what Nintendo's E3 Direct is going to be like, and specifically, what Smash stuff is going to be revealed at E3, both during that Direct and potentially at the Smash Bros. Invitational happening during that event. Yeah. Uh, it'll be really fun, and we're going to follow that up uh, with an episode right after E3 where we see how we did. That'll be, like, the first episode where we get to see the res <laughs> some of the results of our predictions. So that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we're really interested to hear what stuff you think will be at E3 from from Nintendo and their Smash showing. So if you have any specific ideas that you think will definitely be an E3-specific announcement, please tweet them at us at asmashingtheory or email them to asmashingtheory at gmail.com. But we'll see you next week. Yes, and until then, I hope that you have a smashing time. Are, are you, like, trying to, like like make out with your microphone you know what it's one in the morning i don't know what i'm trying to do anymore. <laughs> i guess i guess this lady even even the microphone can call to you can whisper to you with a with a siren like oh microphone don't say that my god it's scandalous mm. goodbye everybody <laughs>